Hey, I'm Rebecca Hamilton, creator and owner of Chick Boss Cake. Thanks for joining me on my Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, where I'll be sharing all my best life and business tips and tricks on how I've created the life of my dreams and how you can too. I'm a no-nonsense, full disclosure, sweet talk scrapping woman entrepreneur who believes in taking charge of your life and ridding yourself of all the excuses that are holding you back. Did you know you can now be featured on my podcast? We've got different packages to choose from listed on my website, RebeccaHamiltonCo.com. Get your product, service, or podcast noticed by advertising with us on our podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk. With thousands of downloads and listeners, we're often featured in the top 100 podcast charts across Canada in the entrepreneurship category, which is absolutely amazing. Let us help you to increase your sales, expand your audience by reaching our loyal listeners. Today, we're talking about how it all began, how our business Chick Boss Cake started, which is actually the first chapter in my book that just launched called The Million Dollar Bakery. My book is now available on Amazon, Indigo, and in all three of my Chick Boss Cake store locations. This is going to be a great episode because Chad can share his perspective on how it all began. While we chat about some key lessons we learned in the very beginning of starting our business. Absolutely. And isn't that uh, what people really want to hear? The nitty gritty, where it all started, the struggles, the failures. Um, you know, it may seem all you know big and glamorous now, but it was far from it. And it was far from being just last week. It was <laughs> many, many years of this. Yes. Um, you know, like you always hear the story of, oh, they were like an overnight success, which is once again, so far from the truth. So far, like millions of light years away from the truth. (laughs) I was going to say, there's so many times you want to quit, right? And too many to count. And yeah, I love that uh, we're going to do this. I feel like this is a great uh, idea. We're going to kind of, um, you know, over the next several episodes, we're going to, um, you know, read uh, and basically um, elaborate in essence, um, not necessarily read word for word the entire book, but uh, elaborate further um, for those that have listened, um, sorry, have read the book or those that have not, um, just kind of gain some further insight from our perspectives, from my perspective and from yours. So I think it's gonna be really cool. Yeah, and just chatting about the different things in the book too. I think that, you know, there's a lot of really good lessons and key information in the book that people can uh, take away from it and implement in their own lives and businesses. So I think having a candid conversation about the chapters in the book and more details about certain lessons and stories and situations and stuff, I think that's really going to resonate with our listeners. So so how it started, um, is that I enjoyed baking and decorating as a hobby, but I'd never seriously considered it as a career choice ever. 
seriously ever did i not at all right um i mean i know when when we first met each other yeah um and the really cool thing about um our marriage and this business is that it really kind of you know grew with it and um grew together yeah Yeah. and i think that's so cool because we how long were we together before we started the business oh my god I don't know. Not too long, though. Not really too long. Like no. maybe a year and a half, something maybe like that. Maybe a couple of years, Two maybe. Years. Yeah, and then we started the business, and yeah, now we've been together over ten years. Business has been open for over ten years, and I just think it's so cool how like we were trying to navigate our relationship and you know overcome certain things and and different hurdles, and then also trying to grow a business along with that and you know i wouldn't have it any other way now but i can assure you throughout the process that um there were so many times where yeah where do you put the focus in right relationship business relationship business right? yeah i mean it's a good point because um i feel like we weren't together a substantial amount of time before we started the business it's not like we were together for like five or ten years Mm -hmm. to kind of get to know each other first um really well before we started the business so i think that that's a really interesting dynamic and topic about uh starting the business together because we were pretty new to our relationship too and i mean that adds another challenge into it i guess yeah, exactly. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. So whether you know, yeah. you're know you in business with your partner or maybe you're start, you know raising a kid with your partner, um, isn't that what it's all about? Like growing together in the actual like situation of what's happening in your life yeah. as well as the actual like intellectual side of growing your relationship along with it. And that that's the part that I found really cool. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it and looking back on it, it's definitely an interesting idea to get into a new relationship and start a business. I mean, cause the business is a lot of work as it is. And so is a new relationship and getting to know each other and knowing what pisses each other off and, uh, what not to do and the bu- buttons not to press and all of that. Right. So definitely added a interesting dynamic to our relationship in the beginning. So, <laughs> um, but when we first met, met um there was no talk initially about a bakery i didn't think i wanted to start a bakery it wasn't really on my radar at all i know it sure as heck wasn't on yours exactly and um yeah it was far from it this was never anything that um you know we wanted to do so you you wanted to be a a police officer and i um you know, was working in a call center at, at City Financial and then eventually moved to TD and was working there. And yeah, I mean, we were just going about our lives and, and nowhere near the, the type of ambition and drive. And um, you know, I think we were both and- really stuck in that cycle of what society kind of tells you is acceptable and what they um, like push you to believe and Um, I feel like it's just such a limiting mindset that, you know, we were both in at the time. I mean, we were both in the grind of working. When we first met, I worked at Le Chateau and then eventually I got a job at the shelter for abused women and children. And, um, 
we were just going about our daily lives just like everybody else and we were we didn't see anything wrong with it but we also didn't know any different at the time we didn't know that we had the potential to grow a million dollar bakery business um if somebody told me back then that that's what i was going to do with my life i would have thought that was hilarious <laughs> yeah there's no way and like we did it on the side for so many years before we decided to finally open up our first store in st thomas like it had to be yeah. like three years four years something yep. like that we were because coasting the, and the reason why i mean yeah we you're it not was gonna make easy. money doing that i mean it's just a little extra income on the side it's like you know if somebody's um i don't know selling things on Kijiji or Facebook Marketplace. I mean, you're not going to make a business out of that. Maybe you can. I'm sure there's people to do. I don't know. But it was just an example of because you would never, even right now, me doubting that that's even a thing. There probably is a Facebook marketing company oh, or somewhere. you can turn so, any business um, into a million dollar sorry. business. Yeah, it's so, not a matter of what business it is. You can definitely turn any business into it. But the thing is, is it can't be a side hustle hobby. It yeah, has to be full That's on. what I'm joking about because yeah. me just chuckling at myself about you know, there are people that, you know, have a Kijiji business and I'm laughing because I'm same thing. People that have a bakery that actually make money. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's how we totally thought about it. And we didn't take it seriously. We just kind of did it on the side every now and then. Um, some weeks we'd maybe do one or two cakes. Other weeks we'd do none. Um, you know, it was it was just and it was basically for fun. It wasn't even like a like an actual. No, thing. I love doing it. It was. Yeah, it was. I it grew into a passion of mine. Um, I mean, the only baking and stuff that I had done in my past was baking with Oma in her her trailer kitchen when I was growing up, and I loved doing that. Um, But I didn't didn't know, like, the world of cake decorating until I started watching um, Cake Boss on TLC, and I watched so many episodes, and I just thought it was so cool. And I've always been a really creative person. So, I mean, I just put my creativity to work and I fell in love with it at the beginning. And I just learned from watching Buddy on TLC and YouTube videos and tutorials and all the information on the internet. And it just grew from there. But, I mean, yeah, I think that... Well, I remember back um, when we had first started the business uh, from our home and we were not on any self-development journey at that time because I remember when it first started and it started with the Netflix show that I watched. I was watching it while you were at work um, while I was glutenized because I was eating gluten and it was poisoning my body basically (laughs) um i was watching the netflix show uh that featured tony robbins um called i am not your guru i'm pretty sure that's what it was called yeah it is and so i watched it by myself and i was like what the heck is this i seriously was like this is crazy like i had not aside from the book the secret i had not heard of this kind of level of being honestly and i just remember thinking how cool it was and how new to me it was and it was so exciting and when you had gotten home from work that day i was like you have got to watch this show like this guy is freaking nuts in the best way possible and he makes a lot of sense and everything he said clicked with me and 
you know, we watched it together again that same night. And that's how our self-development journey took off from there. Yeah, and I think it's so cool, right? Um, I remember my first impression was, you know, wow, there's actually a way to like take action sooner in life and not, um, you know, just kind of roll through your days and weeks like, you know, everyone else, because everyone else does that. So you think it's normal, right? So you yeah, think, we okay, did. I got different issues in my life or I got different things going on and, um, you know, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, and you rationalize um, them. You're so used to mm-hmm. it. Everybody else in your life that surrounds you usually just does the same thing. So it's very easy to be convinced and caught up in the fact that you are just in the daily motion, in the grind, and there's nothing better or more for you in the world, which couldn't be further from the truth if you're willing to work for it. Um, and... The reason I bring up the whole Tony Robbins um, situation and how we first got involved in the self-development journey is because that's truly where the success comes from. It's from working on yourselves as individuals to become better people and learning about business and learning about you know, your mindset and what you're in control of and that you have endless, you know, possibilities out there for you. So that's truly the fundamentals of how we grew our business to over a million in sales is because we both got on our own self-development journeys separately and together Mm. at the beginning. Yeah. And that's, um, we were just excited to, um, you know, and like you said, it starts with um, identifying what your flaws are. Yeah. And that, for a lot of people, that's tough. And if you're you're stubborn and you're, um, you know, someone who's not willing to look inside themselves, that's where it has to start. Because um, once you identify what your weaknesses are and then you start to realize like, hey, I can actually like get better at a lot of these things that I know um, don't serve a purpose for me mm-hmm. um, and they don't match the goals that I want out of my life. I remember I just found that so cool, right? Um, and yeah, it's just amazing to think like, and then once you get the momentum rolling, um, it's so like it's so fascinating to think that it's once you get the momentum going, you can do so much more than you could do like the year before and the year before that. And then like, things that just used to seem like there's no way I could have like, and yeah, I mean, I'm, you always impress me because you continue to push that envelope in so many ways. And when we first met, like back to when you were eating gluten and in the beginning and everything, and you didn't have a lot of energy and, you know, I had all the energy and, and, you know, so then my benchmark was you who had like less energy and less motivation and, you know, I felt like I was doing a lot like in my day to day, but I was really just doing you know, in essence, more than you at the time, as far as yeah, which was not a lot. <laughs> so that benchmark, and you'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. Right? That's why you're laughing. That was a low benchmark, babe. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, yeah. So then, obviously, once you like got rid of that, and you start to get energy, and you start to remove the barriers and work on yourself, and then you just surpass me. And then I'm like, okay, wow. So you know, it's almost like it was like a healthy competition, as far as you know. We realize that individually and together um we can conquer so many things and i think that's so cool when we continue to was learn. it a healthy competition <laughs> i think it was like hardcore competition yeah. i mean i'm kind of like 
I'm about the competition. I can really put forward a good effort at most things. So, and I like to win. So, (laughs) (laughs) I know you do. So, why don't you tell your side of the story of how it began in the Tim Hortons parking lot? Because in my book, I share my part of the story and how it evolved and how it started um, and how. You know, you picked me up in my Ford Mustang on break at work and... Yeah, like that's where it all started. It's crazy to think. So I remember what would happen is I would drive you to work and then, um, you know, maybe you'd have like a like a short shift sometimes and I would just kind of hang around. Um, you know, I'd do some... I think I was doing schooling at the time, like online, and I would just do that at like a, you know, local coffee shop or whatever. So I'd go pick you up on break. And then, um, yeah, and then you were like my coworker, um, you know, cause I think you did a cake for her or something. I forget what it was or one of her friends. Yeah. Like and I then, was doing it as a yeah. hobby for a little bit. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, I think you could make a business this. And, and then you brought it up and I was thinking like, okay, like, I mean, I guess, but like, did you think that I was that good at doing cakes? Cause oh, I, I thought you were awesome because I remember you did. Yeah. Like you were doing them for people and they were like, they blew people's minds and everyone was always I like, didn't think that they were that good at the time I thought you know people would tell me oh start a business start a business so I was like yeah I don't think I'm really that great but I think that that's just how artist people creative people are they're so critical of well, their I, own I feel, work not even just art I feel like human humans in general yeah and I feel like that's where a lot of people kind of stop in, in their true. tracks when it comes to working on their their dream and, and trying to fulfill their potential because you think, oh, well, that, that's not anything to write home about, or I'm not as good as so-and-so. And I mean, that kind of negative self-talk, like it happens so quickly and so That'll fast. That'll hold you back so much, yeah. like so much. And yet, yeah, like you said, everybody has it because I had it in the beginning. Um, and even now when I do new things, I have it. Like I obviously with our business and it's, you know, runs great and it's super successful and everything. Um, so once you gain the confidence and the traction and, um, you know, the numbers to back it up, you gain that confidence, right? And you slowly gain the confidence, the more that you work on your business or the more that you work on your craft. Um, and, but you have to hold yourself accountable to that negative self-talk because that will hold you back 100% of the time. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because even when you have the confidence going, there's even times, even to this day, you'd be like, oh, well, you know, what do you think or whatever? And like, you know, same with me, I'll be the first one. Oh, well, do you think? And it's like, you kind of always question your abilities, right? And it's like, I don't know why as human beings, like our brains just like automatically think that it's things are going to suck when you haven't even tried yeah and i think too like that's kind of um it's it brings up the point of how important it is to surround yourself with people who support you and um people who want to see you succeed and who are going to be honest with you at the end of the day too it's not all about being like oh you know you're the best you're the greatest this is perfect all of the time it's about giving honest feedback and improving upon it and knowing that the people in your lives have your best interest at heart and they're not trying to sabotage you because they're jealous or bring you down or hold you back because they're insecure 
Exactly. So, that, and that kind of feedback only comes from the right kind of people. Yes. You know, we always talk about trust the source. Yeah. Not, um, you know, what's that one line you love that says, uh, you know, if you're not in the, what is it? You know, <laughs> you know. I have no idea what you're talking about. If you're not in the arena getting punched oh, at, then get yeah. out of the arena or something. That's Brene Brown. She <laughs> says, she's so wonderful. I love that lady. Yeah. So she says, if you're not in the arena also getting your ass kicked, then you do not get a say in how good or bad I'm doing. Right. Which means that if you're not being vulnerable and you're not putting yourself out there, you do not get an opinion on me and what I'm doing. So it's in essence just saying to the haters, like hate all you want, but you're not doing what I'm doing to that extent. And so therefore your opinion doesn't mean shit to me. Exactly. And that's the funniest part. You think about haters and trolls on the internet. You click on their profile and they're just so like, you know, you look at their posts and it's so just it's many. hilarious. It's like you're doing nothing with your Seriously. life. So what, what does your feedback mean to <laughs> what me? What does your feedback right? mean? Yeah. I have so many amazing people that support me and empower me and send me all kinds of love and messages all day long. And in order to have that level of support and love in your life, you also need to understand that it comes with haters too. You cannot have that level of um, support and empowerment from people without having people hate you on the opposite side as well. So therefore, yeah, I have quite a few haters. Yeah, no, it's funny you mentioned that because um, like for me, a lot of my life, you know, thinking I, I wasn't good enough or, you know, having self-esteem issues. And then, so a big motivator for me um, you know, and I kind of sought that motivation by being competitive with playing hockey in my life. And, um, you know, m that whole, like, I'll show you. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when someone says, Oh, you know, you can't do that. Or you, okay, watch, I'll show you. And yeah. then I do it. And then it's like, Oh, what do you got to say now? And I love that. Like, yeah, you use it as a motivator. Yeah. In a positive way. In a positive way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, how, like, if you look at your business, uh, if you have a business or your life, anybody that hates on you for anything, um, it's always because they're insecure about their own life and their lack of success and their lack of, you know, putting themselves out there and everything like that, right? Like, somebody can hate on me all they want. They can say they hate my blue hair or they think my cake sucks. Well, or people you know, are dying in Africa and you're making bubblegum unicorn lemonade. Yes. Somebody actually said that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that is true. People are dying in Africa and I am very much a philanthropy person where I care very much that people are dying in Africa, but that has nothing to do with my bubblegum freaking lemonade that... I'm making here in Canada and bringing joy into families' lives and children's lives here. So there's two ways to look at it, right? Positive so and go, a negative. Right? So. so I mean, I feel like this is where the whole mean tweets thing started. You know, these <laughs> yeah. people are listening like, because it's funny, you read it out loud and like... It just sounds It sounds ridiculous. so childish. And then yeah. the best part about it is that, you know, the person writing it, like when they hit like submit, they're like, ha I just said something really smart. Yeah. Oh, that's Not cute. Quite. Not no. really. No. And you know what? Nobody really cares at the end <laughs> no. of the day. People don't care about yeah. haters.
But yeah, so back to how it all started. So yeah, we obviously, um, you know, gave it a try. And then you, you really liked, obviously, the art- artistic part of it. Yes. So at that point is when you designed the website and everything. Yeah, but right? did you think it was a stupid idea? Um, so the Be thing honest. is, I, yeah, I mean, I didn't think it would do any, I mean... It wasn't a terrible idea. You didn't believe in me as my <laughs> boyfriend at the time? Yeah. You thought I was going to fail. I was, hmm. I'm very well I'm going to um, remember this for I, next time. And I smile and nod at different situations. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't know what to make of it. I thought, okay, is that what you want to do? And, you know, I know that you're struggling with the, you know, the physical co- <clears throat> component of, of policing and all that. Are you um, saying that I'm not an Olympic athlete? <laughs> I will, I will be the first to admit you are <laughs> never going to be an Olympic athlete. Oh, maybe maybe I should now. Maybe I should show you and use that hater fuel to become an Olympic athlete. But, you know, I think the problem with that is that there's literally no athletic sport that I love enough to go through that. So my uh, utmost respect to Olympic athletes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I didn't. I didn't know what to make of it, and I certainly never thought it would, you know, blow into the success that it became. And um, you know, and this is a whole, you know, flash forward ten years. Here we are, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. That's why we didn't even take it seriously for several years. And when we did it out of our home, and um, you know, even just all the the things we had to go through to to do it legally, and we even moved from where we were living to a different county, in essence. Yeah. Is it called a yeah, county? Yeah, it was a different county. Yeah. yeah. So they had different rules yeah, there. Yeah, so they had a rules that was like that that would allow that. So then we, um, so we we wanted to do it properly because you you know one of our values is integrity, integrity and honesty and doing things the right way regardless of you know any other circumstance. So I, I do not think you can be a successful person without no. having uh, integrity. Honestly, I mean. Now that I said that, I'm thinking of a lot of sketchy people that are really rich, but that does not mean that they're successful. Success does not just mean money. Or that they're happy too. Or that they're happy. Success means, that's what I was going to say, happiness, fulfillment, purpose, and money as well. All of those things is what I attribute to success. So you cannot have success if you do not have integrity. It will not happen for you. You will not be happy in your life bingo right and so yeah i love that i love that we were doing it the right way it was obviously um much more difficult we could have been sketchy and did it in london out of our home and you know that uh that was definitely not allowed there right so um yeah we had to get creative and it took a lot of work and we uprooted our whole livelihood and um you know at that point it showed a little bit more level of commitment but like not really though mm-hmm. um and then you know first of course we're buying some you know equipment and tools and you know, you start spending a little bit of money and you're like, okay, I'm a little bit more invested. Um, and I just think it's so cool. One of my favorite lines was, uh, you know, I, I didn't come this far only to come this far. And yeah. I love that one because to me, it's like the more and more you, you invest yourself in it. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't imagine at this point, oh, screw it. Just because, you know, yeah. something unexpected happened a challenge happened life happened exactly like that's okay so something unexpected happened which regardless whether you're in business even if you had a kid or just anything in life someone could die that's unexpected yeah so are you just okay screw it i'm done like 
Like, okay, how well, would then, you why, feel? What does that do if, to yourself? Right? Yeah. yeah. How would you feel? This is what I always think of. Like, how would you actually feel if you did actually give up? Like, what would, say you gave up today, what would tomorrow look like for you? You would feel like absolute garbage. You would feel like all of your confidence went out the window. You'd feel like such a failure. And where do you go from there? Like, that's why giving up should not be an option. Okay. Like if you want to, you know, if you find that you have a different passion or, you know, you're not being fulfilled in what you're doing, then yes, move on and find something else to fulfill you. But just to quit when it gets hard and you're living your purpose and your passion should never be an option. Exactly. And that's where I think a lot of that gets misguided because, you know, there's been many people that we've crossed paths with in life and they got maybe a million jobs or a million things going on. And, you know, um, yeah, I mean, they, they just need to f- figure out what they want for themselves first. And, that you know, they're or quitting try on everything. something. Here's a concept yeah. for them. Try something long enough mm-hmm. to actually be able to make the decision whether you like it or not. Because, you know, we get a lot of resumes in of people who have worked here for six months or there for six months. And now they want to work at Chick Boss Cake probably for the next six months, you know what I mean? So um, if you're only working at a place for a short period of time and then you're like, oh, I don't like it, I'm moving on. Oh, I don't like it, I'm moving on. I'm telling you right now, that is something you want to look within yourself and ask yourself why you're trying to find happiness outside of yourself and thinking that a job or a new job is going to provide that to you because or a new partner or or whatever it is that you're hopping around to trying to find outside happiness and fulfillment because it starts within yourself and you will never find it and i know that about people who job hop to a new job every six months it's because they are seeking outside gratification short term to try and make themselves feel better when they have deep-rooted issues inside that they would benefit from getting therapy or getting help to unpack and uncover those issues so that they're not continuously seeking it from outside sources. And I mean, that's, it's the same concept when people, you know, do drugs or alcohol. They're just, you're just trying to cover up the Band-Aid and, you know, look for other things to make you feel happy and fulfilled, but that's not true happiness or fulfillment. That's external. So exactly. It's all about the easier choice that provides the shorter term gratification or the harder choice that provides the long term fulfillment. Exactly. Ooh, I just made that up that's on the good. spot. Okay, let me wow. write that down. That's my quote. Okay. Everybody else can use it. Chad said that this would the grat- repeat it again. Mm. So anyway <laughs> Exactly. And that's the whole point. So what would you say to our listeners there, Becca, as far as like, how do you like see that when it seems so far away? Like, how do you, how do you push past that though? Well, I mean, you have to determine that what you're doing is creating fulfillment and purpose within you. And if it is, then you should never, ever, ever give up on it. 
you know, and it can evolve over time. I mean, I've evolved substantially over time. I started out, you know, making all of the cakes from scratch and, you know, doing really elaborate cake designs to deciding that I didn't want to be the technician in my business throughout the entirety of it. And I actually wanted to grow a successful business. And in order to do that, I had to stop making such elaborate cakes. And I had to make cakes that I could train staff on if I wanted to grow the business and have staff and create job opportunities for people. So my mindset shifted. I'm still being fulfilled with the same purpose and the same, you know, fulfillment and happiness. Um, just in different ways. So I went from doing all the cakes, cake decorating to being like, nope, now I'm not a cake decorator. I'm a businesswoman. And now I'm going to grow this business and focus on that and create the systems and the policies and hire people um, and set it up so that it runs without me decorating the cakes. So that's what I did. And then once that started to run efficiently and smoothly, I decided that I was going to work from home and do marketing and start a blog and start a podcast and write a book. And that's what I've been working on now. So you can see that it's evolved substantially over time where I'm not doing the cake decorating, but I once loved it, but I adjusted and I changed and I grew. that just came to me now as far as like, cause you were frustrated cause you weren't like being fulfilled. So I feel like a lot of times people will reach certain points, whether it's their business or their career that they're in or their life in general, where they kind of go, you know what? I don't like this anymore. Like how it used to like it. And they give up. Yeah. And but the get creative is, with it. Do something you got creative. You yeah. didn't just throw Like we didn't come this far only to come this far and no. then say, screw it. And then, throw away everything we've invested time money resources you name it listen i did not cry on the sticky unmopped floor dipping it's in the book freaking chocolate pretzels (laughs) to give up at that point so there's no way in hell i was going to live through that or you know live through all the trauma from my childhood or live through my omen opa dying like the week after we opened our first store location to come that far to give up at that point there's just it's not even an option exactly and i'm sure we'll talk about that you know pretzel story many times oh that's in a later chapter that we'll go um, into very we'll much more that. detail you'll about... have to stay tuned to a future episode yes so what So, okay, obviously you didn't grow up your entire life wanting to drive a pink cake delivery vehicle and work at a cute pink sprinkly bakery. So what did you want to do when you grew up? Yeah, so so the really cool thing, um, so for me, I... You know, I was always really competitive. I like sports. So I wanted to do something involved with sports. And then I went to, to rehab when I was younger. And then I wanted to be an addictions counselor because I just, I'm, I'm just a kind, caring person. I love, you know, connecting with people and trying to help people. Um, and then 
when I got a job at the bank and I was able to, you know, talk with customers and sell, it was a perfect blend of my competitiveness from, from sports my whole life mixed with my desire to, you know, want to help people and, and fit them with the perfect product to match their needs or service or whatever. And so I got the competitive thrill out of like trying to get a bunch of sales and being one of the best, which I was, um, not to toot my own horn. You were, and, you're really good at it. And then also too, I could then connect and talk with people all day and, and try to help them out the best way I could. And I love that too. Like it, it had, um, you know, kind of the genuine element to it as well. So, um, so that was, I love that. So then similar to, to you when you were like, okay, well, I was always creative, but like, I didn't think I would use that creativity to make cakes. It was the same with me. Like I loved selling and I loved helping people and connecting with people. So then when the opportunity came with the business, it was like, okay, well you do that. And then all do the emails and the phone and like everything else because like I'm already doing that. Like I love yeah. doing that. So, and then the fact that I could like, you know, be in control of, of that and, and our own destiny and, and how much we could make and how far we could take this. Um, yeah, I mean, those are exciting times in the beginning to think about that side of it. Now, of course, there was a lot of frustration um, knowing that a lot of the times you'd spend endless hours and not get any return on your time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I think that's really cool in life. And I feel like the lesson of what I'm trying to say here to anybody listening is that, you know, if you may have, like, if you can identify what you love to do mixed with what you're good at doing, mm -hmm. right? Because you could love to, I don't know, like weave baskets and then, but you're, you know what I mean? You love doing it, but you can't, like, what are you going to do with that? You know, I don't know. And, and you know, maybe you're not really that good, but you just love it, but you're not that good at it. Yeah, right? there's lots of things you know? that I like to do that's not, not my like yeah. number one strength <laughs> yeah. that, you know, I would, I love to do it, but not for a job every day. You know that's what right. I mean? So yeah, yeah you want to make sure it's a good, um, a good mix of what you're actually naturally really good at, like what your gift is and what you find fulfillment and purpose in it as well so yeah because i i don't know about you but i hated it when somebody would ask me what i wanted to do for the rest of my life because um you know it just it seemed like a life sentence and i think the reason why it seemed that way is because if you look at like our parents or like what anybody from that generation was doing it was back it then. was a life sentence mm -hmm. i mean it is a life sentence if you let it be a life sentence but i just thought as a kid you know as a 16 year old kid that's i thought that that's what a job actually meant and i was like i don't know that freaked me out because i don't want to work in a factory the rest of my life i don't want to commit to a career the rest of my life because what if i don't like it I didn't have any examples in my life of people who started their career and decided that they didn't like it. And then, you know, I just didn't, I didn't see that ever. No, so no. I thought it wasn't an option. And I thought that, you know, when people ask you, well, 
I can't really relate to this, but I was just going to say when people ask you when you're graduating high school, because <laughs> I dropped out at 16, but when people are, when you're in high school and people are asking you, oh, what do you want to go to college for? What do you like, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Like, are you kidding me? Like, are you expecting a child to know what they want to do for the rest of their lives? Like, I just want to know if anybody that went to college for something are the, are you still doing what you went to college for or is it helping you or I mean, if you are all the best yeah, that's yeah. Very good for you no um, i think it's awesome but i'm just saying like i think that there's a very high statistic of, I, I just the point you're trying to make is that like if you think back to when you you know in what you would have graduated high school would be age 18 yeah what your mindset and the view of the world at age 18 my god like i i would yeah. laugh at myself trying to make a decision like thinking back like that that kid ha- was clueless seriously okay? so i would have been influenced by anybody saying i should do anything at any point yeah and that's right? what happens you get influenced by you Let know alone what, what, knowing what you want yeah what your parents want you to do what your friends are doing and you don't know who you are at that point you don't know who you are and Therefore, you cannot make a decision for yourself in the best interest of yourself because you don't know who you are. You don't know what you want. It's even better. I'm sure there's a lot of people that they, you know, just sign up for a college or university or whatever program that their friends are in. Like, come on. You yeah. spend that kind of money and you're just because your friends are in it? Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. That's what you want to do for the rest of your life. And, and you know what? Like, I, for the longest time always thought school was such a freaking joke and I thought it was so useless. And, you know, I don't think that it's useless. I think that you can learn a lot from it, actually. You can learn a lot of skills and a lot of valuable traits. You learn, you know, discipline, going to class every day. You learn um, not to be late for class. You learn a lot of skills by going to school. So I don't think it's a bad thing. Even if you did go to school for something, you're doing something completely different. I'm sure that you can agree that there was a lot of valuable things you learned in that, you know? It's not a waste. No, it's never a waste, right? And that's why it's not something to look negatively on, right? Because there's so much, like I even remember when I dropped out of that, that addictions program, program. Uh, i was like it's not even a bad thing like sure i wasted money whatever you can make more money it's fine but i remember i was like no they could provide that structure that kind of organization what need to happen how i kind of like you know have like a think forward mindset um different skills that i can use to deal with different people in the world yeah which we all know there's all walks of life that so you have many to associate with right transferable skills um so all kinds of stuff right and I mean, at the end of the day, if you're learning, you're learning, right? I mean, your parents would have thought it was the end of the world. Yeah. (laughs) And usually the parents are the ones that do think it's the end of the world. Yeah. But you know what? Just just go with your go with what you feel in your heart is your purpose and the right decision. And, you know, your parents, as much as, you know, they're they're coming from a place of they don't want to see you fail. They don't want to see you, um, you know, not succeed. They don't want to see you struggle in life. They just want what's best for you. And it's coming from a place of selfishness, I would say, almost, because they don't want to watch those things things happen they don't want to watch you stumble um because it hurts them right and rightfully so i mean i it would it would be hard for sure 
But at the end of the day, you know, you need to figure out what's best for you and whether that means going to school, whether it means taking a year off, whether it means working somewhere to see what, you know, the job is actually like in real life before you go to school. There's lots of options out there, but definitely always be learning, always be in a learning mindset. That's what will set you up for success. Absolutely. So that's a little tidbit of how it got started, right? Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, there's so much more to, to get into. We're going to get into all kinds of stuff as we move forward. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just excited to open up even further as we move forward um, with different areas um, of my past and what I went through, my perspective, if anyone cares about that. Hopefully they do. And then uh, same thing with you, right? Just I mean, I feel like you kind of skimmed over your rehab situation (laughs) there. So maybe we can get into more detail about that. Um, (laughs) I'm sure people would love to hear about that because the thing is people love hearing about other people's struggles and hardships and not because they're like mean people, but just because it's more relatable to people um, when you know, they see or hear about other people's struggles, knowing that, you know, the hard stuff that they're going through, other people are, have gone through that too. So it's a definitely, that's what I've learned about in this whole process of writing my book and sharing my, you know, struggles and my insecurities and vulnerabilities in it. Um, And that's the feedback that I've gotten too from people who have read it is that, you know, they didn't know anything that was in that book because I wasn't open and I wasn't vulnerable before. And now all of a sudden they're reading the book and like, oh my God, like I can relate to that. I can see myself in your story. I, you know, maybe I didn't go through the same crap that you did, but I went through something else that felt like just as hard, you know, when they're reading it. And it's all about the relatability factor when, you know, you're trying to impact and inspire people because nobody is inspired and nobody cares about people who are not willing to show that they're a real human being because there's no connection there and there's no relatability there. So that's definitely a lesson that I learned just in the book writing process and also in all of the feedback that I've got from people who have read the book. So, I mean, it's been an amazing journey. It's been um, a really awesome uh, process and lesson for me. And I think that everybody should go grab a copy of the book. So um, if you enjoyed this podcast, we go, I go into much greater detail about how our business started, how Chick Boss Cake started and more detail into the struggles that we faced and all kinds of cool information like that. And then throughout the rest of the book is sharing my story along with how we turned our bakery and my side hustle hobby into a million dollar business so if you're interested to know how we did it go grab a copy and let me preface this this is with no 
you know, background, no history, no education whatsoever. We had no clue what we were doing at any point. No. And we figured everything out and it was hard as crap as far as, you know, pushing through when we wanted to quit. Yeah. But the end reward was worth every second of it. And we learned so much along the way. And if we can help anybody in the years that that follow here to um, learn from our mistakes, to catapult them so that they don't have to wait, you know, many, many years before they actually break down those barriers and, and move forward with their goals. Because, you know, if there's one thing that I learned from the last 10 years and growing this to where it was, why the hell did it take us so long? Okay. And that is something that I know, I know where the problem lies and it was all the fear and the anxiety and the, the self doubt and we don't know what we're doing and all this is difficult. And you know, maybe we should do this cause it's a bit easier until next year, or maybe the year after and all these things. Right. Um, you know, but yeah, once we started to really kind of push forward, it was probably about the last three, four years. Yeah. And that's when it really took off. So, um, yeah, I'm just excited to help people as you move forward. That's Rebecca and my, um, you know, goal for everybody listening to the podcast, reading her book or checking any of our stuff out. And listen, I just want to say, um, there is no one better to learn this stuff from than myself or Chad, because like you said, we had no experience doing it. We followed our gut. We did our own research. I dropped out of high school at 16. I moved out at 16. I was a train wreck at 16 and onward for many years. And um, Chad, you know, you weren't that great either. You weren't in great Mm -hmm. shape either. You had issues you went to rehab for. And, you know, so we were a mess. So if we could have been this much of a freaking mess and create such a beautiful business, an impactful business, write a freaking book about it, grow it to over a million dollars in sales. I mean, I don't know what more real life experience you could ever ask for than learning from somebody who started from the bottom, now we're here. Oh, started from the bottom, <laughs> now we're here. Hit it. Oh, started. Can you include that? Yeah, yeah you love my, um, I have so many references. Gangster music puns? Perfect. Gang- yeah, gangster music yeah. puns in my book. Um, that's what, that's my sense of humor and that's what keeps me going. So that's... That's just me in a nutshell. Anyways, um, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can find me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Rebecca at Chick Boss Cake. Or you can find me on Facebook, Rebecca Hamilton Co. Uh, My website is RebeccaHamiltonCo.com. You can find my blog, more information on the book, all of my services on there. And if you want to advertise your business, service, or podcast on this podcast with all of our listeners, then you can buy it right online. We have different packages to choose from. And I think that is about it. Feel free to reach out to me at any point. And also my email is Rebecca at chickbosscake.com. I hope you guys have an awesome day. And today is a great day to make greatness happen and start creating the life of your dreams today.